This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome back to the Youth Impact. I have a migraine today, so please uh, excuse me if I sound a little under the weather, as it were, uh, because I am. Personally, I blame the fact that it's been raining like crazy, if no one's noticed. Just real quickly, there is still time to get your nominations in for the Volunteer Awards this year, as they will be closing on the 31st of July, and you can put your nominations in at volunteerawards.nz. There are categories for programs categories, volunteers categories, and an overall winner, and they all have little subcategories, so be sure to check them out. And yeah, again, 31st of July, by the time this is up, you only have like two days, so get your votes in. Or nominations in, rather. So, with all this rain that we've been having, I don't know if you've noticed, um, we've had quite a lot of it, especially here in Dunedin. Um, For those of you that live by the Leith, how are you guys doing? Are you guys okay? Uh, I thought today we'd actually talk about what to do in a flood, because I don't really know. And maybe some of you out there don't know. Also, don't know if you know this, you can actually volunteer to help with the flood. So, we'll start with that bit. So... The Red Cross takes volunteers for the disaster response team, which we have talked about the Red Cross in the past for disaster response, but let's see if we can go over it again. So the disaster response teams uh, for the Red Cross are obviously made up of a lot of different people, uh, and they're all emergency service volunteers, whether or not they have a background in emergency services. You know, most of them probably do, but you can always just start because they will be training regularly and for any kind of emergency because obviously there's a lot of different kind of natural disasters and they're all trained in a variety of skills like first aid um, some ground-based rescue uh, just things that will help the community out a lot Uh, also communicating uh, with emergency services at the time or with people will be another like one of the jobs that they'll do you may have actually seen them before they have their own uh, support vehicles and they're usually at the civil defense centers when they open up you've probably seen them before and if not you'll recognize them they usually have a red cross <laughs> they'll always be looking for volunteers as there's always just something to do and to train for um, volunteers will have to be fully vaccinated just so you know um, but most of us by now are already fully vaccinated so no problem Now, I may have got you excited to join the Red Cross, but hold on. The Dunedin branch specifically is on a wait list right now um, because they've already got so many applicants and people willing to help, which is amazing. I'm loving that that's an issue, I suppose. But you can still join the wait list and uh, when they're ready for you, they'll bring you in. Plus, it's just good to show that you have an interest Um, and going to help. There are a few places, however, that are in high need of volunteers. So if you were moving or something to the Bay of Plenty, Blenheim, or the West Coast, they're apparently in high need of volunteers. So have a look. Also, just go to the Red Cross uh, website, if anything, because there's um, a whole list of places where the Red Cross is established. And when you click on any of them it will say if they're on wait lists or if they're actually looking for people or if they have a high need for people so I'd 100% um, say to check them out because we always need someone to be in the disaster which sounds terrible that's not really what I mean I mean when a disaster happens there's always that 
moment of panic and it's always good to see that there are people out there that are helping that at least know what they're doing because again I don't know what I'm doing in any kind of disaster and I have been through three floods at this point but I've never had to evacuate because I lived in Moscow and though Moscow flooded a lot they kind of built all the houses raised above the road so they wouldn't have to flood the houses so yeah if you want to be one of those people uh, helping out the Red Cross 10 out of 10 would have a look in um but in the meantime i still thought we'd go over a little a little quick rundown of what to do in a disaster like this uh simply because it's probably good to know and it's probably to at least get the information like in your brain recently especially since this winter has been pretty awful honestly and i don't think the rain's gonna let up for quite a while um Ironically, at the time of recording this, it's actually, it actually seems to be quite pleasant outside. But according to my weather reports, it's uh, still going to get worse. <laughs> right, let's talk about before the flood. So, I'm hoping everyone out there at least knows how to get out of their own house or wherever they are. Um, you know, the emergency escape route kind of situation. I don't know if anyone else has crippling anxiety like me, but I always try and think of the quickest way to get out of my house. So let's say, well, the house I'm sitting in right now. So I've got a window behind me that in theory I could get out through. And that's what everyone says. You can get out that window. But it's actually a pretty decent drop into a bunch of bushes. Um, It won't be too bad, I feel. But if it came down to it, I would rather not leave through the window. That's definitely a worst case scenario. There's a fire in my house. So I would rather use the front door, which happens to be right outside my door. So I don't know why everyone keeps suggesting I just leave out the window when I do have the front door next to my room. So I'm perfectly, (laughs) I think I'll be fine either way. Um, In course, I know I've only been there for like a week. I've already figured out the fastest way out. No one is going to stop me from that. I've already figured out, I've already, I take the stairs down every day. I don't take them up because I, that's five flights. I'm not doing that. But I take them down every day to see how fast I could run down them. I may or may not have actually crashed into a few people doing this, but it's fine. Like they'll get it. They'll get it. It's an, it's for a, a theoretical emergency that may or may not happen. <laughs> but I'm preparing for that. I also keep everything like at least within an arm's reach of me. I know they say in an emergency, don't take anything with you. But my cat needs to come with me. I am not leaving her behind. And fun fact about my cat, actually, she doesn't like being picked up. So it's going to go really poorly, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I'm getting off topic. The point is, I'm very pre- I'm very prepared in theoretical scenarios uh, to leave at any given moment so fast. But it is kind of on topic when you make your emergency plan. You got to think of like, of what you're actually going to take with you. I say what, I mean who, uh, because some of you may live with disabled people, young children, elderly, or even just animals. And you're not going to want to leave them behind. Um, especially not in any kind of situation like any kind of scenario you won't want to leave them behind or you don't want to wait for obvious reasons I wouldn't completely understand so it's just one of the small things that you're going to have to think about like how uh, you would bring someone with you 
um, easiest way for them to get out and also just in a way that will keep both you and them safe. Still looking into what kind of emergency plan you're making. Another good thing is to figure out a meeting place um, if you ever get separated. I always assumed I would just wait outside my house until like someone came and picked me up. But like thinking about it, depending on the situation, it's probably not going to be helpful. So I definitely recommend like even someone that you know that has probably a, a better house in certain scenarios would be the way to go. Um, or just like the eager center. I'm pretty sure that becomes like a, in an emergency situation, it becomes a relief center. So that would probably be one of the best places to go. So I'd also have a think about that, which I should also do actually. <laughs> I should also probably say that if this is a flood scenario, you'd probably want to go to higher ground. I'm quite fortunate that currently I live on a hill. Uh, so I probably won't have terrible flooding in the future. But as I said, I div I lived in Moscow, which, yeah, it, it flooded a little bit, <laughs> just a few times. Another point, this is actually my favorite thing to do, is having an emergency supplies ready um, and also making sure that it's checked up. You don't have to go full-on apocalypse and have an entire storeroom of canned food, but there are just some basics that you need to know, like, I don't know, a first aid kit possibly. There are, I believe, three kinds of emergency bags that you can have. There's the one for at home, which should have water for at least three days. Um, some food that doesn't need cooking probably is good, like, I don't know, canned fruit or something. I don't know. So someone else should look this up and not me. Um, but you want some long-lasting food. Probably get some toilet paper and some large buckets in case of an emergency toilet and some work gloves and, I don't know, probably good clothes. I don't know what kind of clothes, but like masks or something. I don't know. I'm really not prepared for this, am I? Uh, also, medicine, if anyone is required to have a kind of medicine, you should always have an extra stock in your emergency care. And those are for the ones at home. Um, the other one is a grab bag which is obviously the we have to leave, grab a bag, which should have like, you know, this one is actually like better clothes, like a raincoat, a hat, and some walking shoes, warm clothes. Um, water, maybe a snack, just in case. Um, also your medicine, probably. Um, hand sanitizer, portable phone charger would, would be a pretty good one to have. Uh, cash and any important documents like ID. I have everything in my wallet. So as long as I don't lose my wallet, I should be okay. I should probably also say that in this grab bag and in this house scenario, you should probably also have a torch and a radio and batteries as well. These are just worst case scenario kind of situations. Um, very unlikely that you'd need everything in the pack, but it's good to have. Um, similarly, there'll be stuff like that in your car, which should be more car-related things, like for when you're driving or something. Most disasters that happen in Dunedin tend to be in winter, so you'd probably want, like, um, windshield wiper scraper things, some warmer clothing, a brush, a shovel, in case it actually snows here for the first time in years. Those kinds of things, like, oh, some oil in your car, that's good. I have an extra pair of shoes in my car, 
they're too broken to wear on a regular basis, but they're definitely good for a my current shoes have broken. I need a new backup that will last me at least until I can find better shoes. I also have um, a phone charger and a torch in my car as well. Oh, and a first aid kit in my car. I have a feeling I'll be taking my car if I if any emergency situation happens. Right, hello. If I sound different, uh, it's because I just had to take a quick break. <laughs> I still have a migraine. Sometimes you just need to take some breaks. No harm in it, no foul. This will probably come together a lot smoother. Uh, because I took a break, I don't remember where I was, so we're just gonna move on. Which is still, we're still talking about flooding, because I, I, it's important. Right, let's go to the first big major rule. Um, stay out of the flood water. Don't, don't walk, don't walk, don't swim, don't, I saw someone surfing on the Leith yesterday. Don't do that. I know it's a lot of water. And I know it looks kind of fun, but you got to remember, it's flood water. Most water isn't used to being in cities, so you're not really sure how it's going to react and stuff. Like, it, let's say there's water in a river. You know it's going to go down the river. Water in a city, there's a lot of side streets it could be taking. It could be going down some alleyways. Also, another thing about flood water is you're not entirely sure where it came from. I get that rain comes from the sky, but it's not always rain. It could also come from a, a farm, or it could be from the Leith. Have you seen the Leith? Like, right now? It's brown. Don't drink that. Like, you're probably not going to drink it, but don't go in the water in case it gets on you. You'll just get sick. Don't, wa don't, don't wash your hands in it. Wash your hands in better water. Or, I don't know how else to wash hands without water, but like... Maybe dust would do better. I'm looking at uh, the Civil Defense website to see what to do during a flood. And one of the things it says is to stay informed in an emergency makes sense. And like listen to the radio about uh, civil defense stuff. I want to reiterate, this is not it. Th this is not... What I'm saying is the bare knowledge that any average person can find out. However, I don't have any real knowledge other than the fact that I have lived through, like, three floods. And they all weren't that bad. We just had to prepare for powers going out and our house getting wet. But since my house wasn't, uh, was on sort of an incline, the water never rose high enough to get into it. Those of you that have had to deal with sandbags before probably know a lot more than I do, especially in evacuation um, situations. All I can really tell you to do is to probably prepare an emergency bag if you're in a high-risk area that has a risk of flooding or has even flooded before. Uh, those of you by the Leith and just on the flat in, like, North D or Center City, that's probably a problem area. Maybe South D, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, because again, <laughs> I'm not the best person to ask for this. However, I'm aware that my show is for youth. And I think it's important for youth to know these things as well. Uh, you can't always rely on adults. Me being technically an adult myself, let me tell you, don't rely on me for a lot of things.
I, I'm not it, King. I'm sorry. I can tell you some things about my experience of being in a flood. Uh, other than the bit of adrenaline that you get from trying to repair, it's honestly a lot of waiting around and doing nothing. Emergencies or disasters tend to go by, like the worst of it tends to go by quite quick. And if you're super prepared, even faster. Um, flooding, not super bad. A lot of it is either waiting to either go back to your house, waiting for the power to come on, or just waiting for the whole thing to be over. So that's another thing. If you're someone like me who has a very short attention span or is really fidgety, I know it's technically not an emergency item. It is not something that someone would consider. If you're reading online uh, about packing bags and stuff like that, they're not going to say pack something to keep yourself entertained because that's not super important. But, hi, I'm different. And I'm also, you know, not uh, civil defense radio, I guess. I would definitely recommend taking something that is either a comfort item for you or something that will keep your mind off it. I myself, I've spoken about it before, I have quite a bit of mental illness going on up in here. And I know that a panic can set in so fast, um, even if it's just an anxiety attack or a panic attack, it's really good to keep yourself grounded because at the otherwise you're just going to I don't want to say you'll become a hassle. You'll be a hassle to yourself is what it is, which causes more anxiety. Trust me, I've done this cycle before. It's not fun. So I would definitely recommend keeping something that's going to keep you grounded, even if it is the emergency bag itself. Honestly, that can be good, like just going over that you have everything and making sure you know where everything is. Uh, that can keep you grounded. Making sure that you're taking after someone can help. If none of those help, you are free to take something that you know will make you feel better, like a stuffed animal or like a memory box, something that's important to you that you at least have that you know it's safe. So you won't keep thinking about it, you know, whilst uh, you're out, if you have to leave the house or not, or even if you're just staying in the house, you know you can grab it when it's needed. As long as it's not something super big, like an entire suitcase worth and stuff, you're absolutely free to take it, and you're fine to take it. I think it's equally important to take care of yourself, especially mentally in these kinds of situations, just because the mental fatigue afterwards is just exhausting, and there are definitely more productive things that you can do. Plus, I know that you'll want to do something even more, like you come home and your room's a mess or something, you'll want to fix it up before you can finally relax, if that's the case. Um, but if you've been stressing out the entire time, you're just going to crash. We don't need that. So do something that will help take care of yourself. And and lastly, after the flood happens, as I talked about, being prepared and being a part of the disaster relief team is definitely helpful, but you can still volunteer to help after the flood because that's you know, also when things go a bit awry, it would just be like a basic cleanup that you'll need like gloves and goggles for, probably better footwear, just because things are going to be swept up everywhere after a flood. And even those like houses that have dealt with the flood, they'll need help like removing their sandbags or something. I really don't know what happens after a flood, but 
I do know that volunteers are needed everywhere and every which way. So if you're able to, and after a big kind of flood like that, I'd recommend it. I want to say last time we had a big flood like that was 2015. Um, I remember it being very scary because they were going to close the motorway, so I had to go home early. Since, did I mention I used to live in Mosgiel? I might have. And yeah, they were going to close the motorway, and obviously that's the only way to get in. I don't think we're going to have a big one like that this year, but it's definitely looking like it. I, But I'm I'm pretty hopeful that it won't come to that again, just because I don't like it. I'm honestly not a fan. I need the weather to just chill out for like five minutes. Also, I'm still pretty sure the weather gave me this terrible migraine. Something about change of air pressure. Yeah, that's it. I'll just blame everything on it. I'm hoping in some way that this episode was relatively educational. Honestly, I can't be sure because again, I'm really not qualified uh, to give a lot of advice. So I'm not. I'm reading things off the internet to tell you. So you don't have to. But I don't think I did a very good job, but that's okay. I'm hoping at least you kind of get a rough idea of what to do in the flood. Mainly just don't go in the water. That's a big thing. Stop that. We all love the joke of, oh, I better start kayaking to school. We get it. It's a hilarious joke. I've made it many times. But don't actually kayak to school. The joke is funny. In practice, that's how you get sick. That's how you get... Uh, what's a sickness that you can get in water? The first one is dysentery. You could have that. If you want actual, probably better information, I'd recommend looking at the civil defense site, uh, the getready.government.nz and getthrough.govnz. They all have really fun little names, but they're all just got a whole bunch of um, information on different kinds of disasters. A fun read, I'm sure. A lot of this is quite interesting to read. Some things I didn't think of, like filling a bathtub with water. Oh, that's actually really good. Unless you don't have a bathtub, then don't do that. I guess just fill buckets or something with water while water is still turned on. That makes sense. That's good. I know it's ironic to keep water in your house when there's a flood, but it's better water. It's clean water. Don't touch the flood water. I've also just found a website called uh, the Ministry of Primary Industry, so mpi.gov.nz, which has a section on food safety and natural disasters. That's also probably really important. I think the only thing I know about food safety is if your power has gone out, uh, take everything out of the fridge and freezer and just chuck it out because it's not going to do well. Like, Yeah. So yeah, once again, I hope this was helpful in any way, shape, or form. I definitely recommend looking into volunteering uh, for the Red Cross if it's something that interests you. Um, if not, well, if you can't get in, but you're still kind of interested in them, you can definitely still learn like at least basic first aid or just different things to do that will help in an emergency situation. I definitely look into uh, any of those. And I hope no one else there has got a migraine. I will see you all next week with uh, hopefully nothing about floods. Okay, bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.